Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Let's ride. for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. Hey, Dodgers fans, welcome to The Incline. Alongside Kevin Klein and David Rosenthal, I'm Jake Reiner. Your Los Angeles Dodgers are now 98-55 and after winning a wild extra inning game on getaway day at Coors Field. They end up winning that series against the Rockies. It was not a fun series at all, but the Dodgers showed some fight in the late innings, coming all the way back and, and beating the the Rockies and we're keeping an eye on as we're recording right now on the Giants Padres game. It's still tied up at six in the eighth. So we'll keep you posted on that while we're recording. But today we have a very special guest. He is the anchor of Spectrum Sportsnet Lakers, the host of the Lake Show podcast and a lifelong Dodgers fan. We're talking about Chris Mm -hmm. Gator McGee. Chris, welcome to the incline, my friend. What is going on, fellas? I'm actually wearing one of my favorite shirts for you. Uh, This is spider surfboards in, uh, Hermosa Beach, but as you can tell, it's it's got the Dodger flavor to it. So I love wearing this to the to the games. I figured Beautiful. I'd dress up for you guys today because I like you guys so much. Well, thank thank you very much, Chris. It's very very uh, generous of you. Um, now, Chris, I, you and I go way back. How way back? You might ask. Well, Chris mm. used to be my PE coach at Wildwood School in West LA throughout elementary and middle school. Yep. And I hope I didn't make you feel too old, Chris, but I'm Dude. now, I'm now 30 years old. The fact that Jake is 30 guys, and, and I need you guys to bear with me on this. It, it, it freaks me out. I'm having a moment. I don't, I don't know if I'm emotional or I'm panicked. I cannot tell. Um, my wife and I were actually talking about it today. She taught at the same school, Wildwood Elementary and, and Wildwood Middle School. Yeah. I started there in the fall of 1996. So I basically, Jake, I had you all the way to what? Sixth, seventh, eighth grade, yep, I think. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Kindergarten on. Exactly. Who was your favorite PE teacher of all time? It's okay to say Darren. No, it was you. you. It was me. definitely you, Chris. Yeah. It was definitely yeah. you because I ended up, I ended up seeing you again as an intern when I interned for uh, Fox Sports yep. West. 
And so uh, you and I keep running into each other, but it's great to have you. It's great to have you on the show. And uh, my first question is to you before I bring on uh, Kevin and David, um, how are we feeling about the Dodgers? How are we feeling about uh, going into the last, you know, final games of the season? Uh, the NL West still up for grabs. Still up for grabs. I, I got to be honest um, with you guys. As I was watching the game this afternoon, my kids got home from school. We had the game on. I love the getaway day. Games are always a little early. I got home from work. And, and, and I'll be honest, when there's two out, nobody on in the ninth, and I'm looking at the Padres Giants score and the Dodgers are down one, five, four, whatever it was. I, I, I just basically was like thinking, you know what, I'm going to go on the podcast and I'm going to sell October 4th or whatever day that wild card game is going to be, because that's what it is. It's Wainwright versus Scherzer. I'm selling it. But then of course, three singles in a row, Trey Turner uh, ties the game. Kenley comes in. I'm like, please Kenley gets us out of the bottom of the ninth. And then Max, are you not entertained? Max Muncy goes big bomb. <laughs> So now, you know what it is, guys? They just keep us hanging in there, right? They're, because it's the Dodgers and because they're so good, you just have a little bit of hope that they can win this division. You know who I don't trust? The Padres. All my friends in San Diego. What is wrong with you? You should see the text I'm sending to those guys. I can't stand them. <laughs> yeah, the, the Padres are a disgrace to uh, baseball in the NL West. <laughs> and they, they have just so absolutely just absolutely tanked. Um, let's bring on uh, Kevin Klein. Kevin, uh, what, what did you think of uh, today's game? And, and you're following along with the Giants and Padres right now. I'm going to use today's word as resilience because – I feel like in the text messaging thread that we have, along with on social media, it seemed like all the fans were asking when the Dodgers trailed this game five to three, can this team come back and take the lead? And they did that today. Max Muncy gave them the extra inning lead, 35th home run, tying 2018 and 2019. So that's all I got to say. All right, David, what do you think, man? Yeah, uh, not a fun series to watch at all. Uh, I did not enjoy watching any of these games in Colorado. Uh, that ballpark is horrendous to play in. It's it's just all around terrible. But like Kevin said, very resilient win. Uh, they needed it if they want any chance of – if they still have any hope for the division. Uh, obviously, we're waiting on the, the Padres to not blow it uh, for the third day in a row. But look – I'm confident in this team. Frankly, at this point in the season with 10 games left, I'm not, I'm not too concerned about the division. Uh, yes, the Cardinals have won 12 games in a row or whatever it is. Uh, but can the Dodgers beat the Cardinals? Absolutely. And I was, and honestly, obviously Scherzer got knocked around a little bit today, five earned runs in, in five innings. But frankly, I'm relieved uh, because no one is going to pitch 60, 60-something innings scoreless. Uh, and before this, I think he had 37 innings without giving up an earned run. Uh, so I'm glad he got this one out of the way. Uh, he's got one more start before that, that wild card or, or game 163. So I'm ready. I'm ready either way. I'm, I'm not necessarily super optimistic that they're going to take the division still just because the Giants just don't die. Uh, but I'm ready for the Cardinals either way. I'm curious, guys, what you think. We, we talk a lot about this at work. You know, where I work, you have the Dodger guys right there as well. Jerry and Nomar and John Hartung and Ned Coletti. And everyone's always talking about, you know, that possible uh, game 163. And, you know, if you're going into that last weekend, I kind of want to know. I want to know so I can line things up so we have exactly who we, we want to throw for starting Max or who we're bringing in if we, if we need to. So I, I'm just hoping the Giants uh, can come back to earth here a little bit. And, and, 
And I'm with you, uh, David, a little bit. Like, listen, I have confidence in this team. I, I, I believe they're the best team in baseball. But, but I, as much as it hurts, I do give credit to the San Francisco Giants, man. I mean, the Dodgers were, what, 32-10 and 10 over a you know, month-and-a-half span and picked up a game-and-a-half. Like, yeah. the Giants are, have, have, have clutched up. They've stepped up. And, uh, boy, do I, I would love to play them in a, in a seven-game series. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the, the scenarios that we have that we're facing right now, obviously the best scenario would, would be to win the division outright, but what is probably more likely is either a game 163 or just a wild card game versus the Cardinals. And right now the Cardinals are on a 12 game heater and they don't seem to be slowing down. So it does give me a little bit of pause facing a team that on fire because October baseball is all about who is hot right now. And that is the hottest team uh, in the national league right now. Uh, trying to go up against them is, is going to be tough no matter what. And then the, the thing that, that scares me the most and something that we've all talked about is the fact that the Dodgers offense could just not show up uh, on that wild card day. And all, all it takes is a Nolan Arenado three run Jack, and that that may be the ball game, or if the if the Dodgers pitching uh, does not you know bring it that game, it's going to be tough for this team. And and I was going to bring up if the Dodgers had lost this game today, I was going to bring up my concerns about you know can this team come back? Do they have the fight? They showed that fight today, but typically over the course of the season, um, it, it seems like those late innings they just can't get up for those innings and they can't come back. So I am a little worried, but my question to all of you guys right now would be if you had to choose between going to 163 with the giants or just going straight to the wild card game, what would be a better option? I mean, I'm taking the game 163 a hundred percent of the time because it's going to be a difficult decision. Do you use Scherzer or do you go Bueller in that situation? But that's also the blessing in disguise. Whichever one you use, you get the other one. And yeah, Bueller's been, you know, not great the past four starts. He's, he's clearly overworked. Uh, he's gone through some fatigue. He's at a career high in innings. But if you're, if you're asking me if I want the chance to win the division on a one-game playoff in San Francisco, I'm taking it at 10 out of 10 times, even if we have to burn Scherzer, if we, even if we lose that game. I'll take our chances with julio clayton kershaw maybe or bueller which is probably the most likely candidate to pitch in the wild card game if we go to a 163 yeah i mean obviously you don't want to go to a wild card game you already talked about how hot the cardinals were just how hot they are they were trailing five nothing to milwaukee today adam wainwright got a little roughed up they came back paul goldschmidt smacked two more home runs he's up to 29 now i've been saying off the air that this cardinals team is certainly a threat and i'm Fairly certain we can get to Adam Wainwright, but their offense is no slouch. Tyler O'Neill has been that's the guy, that's the guy you got to worry about. Up to thirty-three home runs, OPS one thousand three hundred or so against the Dodgers. The one guy that seemed to torture us. But yeah, I mean, on the flip side, if you lose that game to the Giants in a one sixty-three, it's definitely it's definitely deterring, and you, then you burn Scherzer, and then you you're going to be forced to use Walker Buehler. But it's the nature of the beast, I suppose. Yeah, I'm with all of you. I mean, all day, every day, you take 163 because you basically have two chances to get in. So I think that right there is the obvious answer. That being said, any day of the week, sign me up for a team with the Dodgers talent, that pedigree, uh, defending champs, to have two opportunities, I'm in. Um, listen, guys, no matter who they play, we know it's going to be the Cardinals if they were in that wild card, 
Obviously, I think they're four or five games up now with, with nine to go. But whoever, whomever they play outside of the Padres, you, it's going to be a gut-wrenching, nerve-wracking, miserable day. It's not going to be fun <laughs> yeah. at all because we're the Dodgers and we are literally have the best record of any defending World Series champion. And you find yourself – it's not like the Dodgers just rolled the balls out this year and barely made it to the wild card. We feel lucky and we're hoping to get hot and turn the switch on. The Dodgers have been great. Um, so there's nerves that come along with that one game. As you guys said, one home run. Uh, uh, someone doesn't have their stuff that day. Whatever it is, you feel like if you get behind, it's going to be a, a panic time. But, man, listen, it's going to be unbelievable uh, if they're in that situation. Uh, I, I would love, obviously, to wrap up that division or maybe to play in that game 163. But if it comes down to, to the wild card, is, is it a, a one and in or done? Let's roll them up and let's go. It's not going to be fun, but – man, is it going to be glorious if they win? Oh, yeah. I really think that Major League Baseball needs to seriously look at this format because this is this is bad. This is really yeah. bad. And I know it sounds like we're Dodgers fans complaining about the fact that we've never been in this situation before. And it's been this way for a few years now, uh, this format of the one-game playoff to get to be the wild card team. It, you shouldn't have to go through an entire 162 blood, sweat, and tears for that entire run, the marathon, only to get bounced in a one-game playoff. That just shouldn't happen. Um, it needs to be at least a three-game series. They need to figure it out, or they need to get rid of the divisions and do it like they do it in the NBA, where they just take the best eight teams in each in each conference or each league, or best six teams in each league, National League, American League, and reseed them based on their record. Because right now, the Atlanta Braves should not be awarded a buy given their record vis-a-vis the Dodgers. Yeah, I agree with you on that, Jake. And I'm glad you brought up other sports. I mean, that's the beauty of having professional sports leagues here. And you come up with great ideas like a wild card. And I remember when that started, there was always going to be uh, the people that didn't agree with it. But over time, you start to learn to love it because it's so meaningful down the stretch. And man, those first couple of days leading up to the division series when teams are playing for their playoff lives. It is really exciting. This is not about us whining as Dodger fans. Absolutely not. It's about major league baseball looking and saying, Oh, we have 104, 105 win team playing in the wild card. Well, they're about 18 games ahead of a team that's just chilling on a bye. I think they have a great uh, system in place, but that's the beauty. You can look at it. You can vote on it. You can change it. You can make it perfect. And this will be their opportunity in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this last week. You know, I, I, there's rumors of the the playoff expansion, and I've heard formats of they want seven teams in, and the number one seed would get the bye, and the other six would, uh, you know, play their play their their division just uh, wild card games or division series games, and that makes the most sense. I mean, you you can't be having what's happening this year, and I'd be saying the same thing if the Dodgers were in first right now. It would be unfair to the Giants. I would enjoy it. And I would laugh at them, but it would still be unfair. And I mean, David, can you imagine if, if say you're a Giants fan and on the last day, the Dodgers catch you and they tie, you play 163 the next day, Dodgers beat you 2-1. You got to, you got to get ready to play the Cardinals and, and you're, and you're actually underdogs now because of where you are mentally, you lose. You could be out just like that and have one of the most remarkable seasons we've seen. Yep. After spending the entire season in first place outside of what, 10, 15 days. Uh, so it's the something, something's got to give either way. Uh, and it will this year, 
This is, I, I guarantee you that something's going to be changed in the, uh, the new CBA. I've been using the 2017 Dodgers record as like a barometer to evaluate where we stand right now. Here we are, September 23rd. Both teams on this day reached their 98th win. So that, that just tells you how good and maybe under the radar yeah. this Dodgers team's been. It's more just because the Giants, as Chris mentioned, you know, they've been the best team in the second half, essentially, and gaining barely anything on the Giants. You know, you just tip your cap to the Giants. They've been doing their thing. Still a little bit of time left, so hopefully we catch them. I want to talk see. about... I want to talk about Walker Buehler because obviously he's been coming up in some subjects lately. His last four starts, he's really been struggling. 732 ERA, 16 earned runs, over 19.2 innings. The opposition's batting 317 against him. We saw him roughed up just the other day in Coors Field, 13 strikeouts, low K rate. But guys, let's assume Scherzer's burned in the do-or-die game. You still have to start Walker Buehler in game one. Yeah, I think you do. And if the Dodgers weren't fighting for the division, like really fighting for it, then I would say give him a rest or, you know, skip his turn in the rotation and maybe go a bullpen day uh, for one of those games. But I don't know that you can afford to do that. The good news is, is that he only went about three plus innings uh, the other day in Colorado. So he, he didn't have to go deep into that game. But yeah, he does. He does look fatigued. Both him and Julio Urias have you know, basically gone, you know, have their career highs and in innings pitched that um, they've had to be workhorses because the Dodgers have essentially used a three to four man rotation the entire season because of what happened to Dustin May, Tony Gonsolin, Clayton Kershaw, the list goes on. They've had to rely on these guys every time out. They have, they, they couldn't afford to skip them in the rotation. So you're seeing, I think you're seeing the, the, the season take its toll on Walker Bueller, but I'm with Kevin, um, the experience that he has in big games. He is our best big game pitcher outside of, of Max Scherzer and Julio Urias. You got to start him. Yeah. I'm with you, Kevin. Um, and Jake, I'm glad you said big game pitcher. I mean, listen, you guys have all touched on it. You, you, you've talked about it for weeks. The Dodgers pitching has carried this team. The one knock on this Dodger team, and, and, and you, you had mentioned their record compared to 2017, uh, is the fact that the offense has been a little inconsistent. I mean, John and Jerry and those guys talk about it every single night as well. I mean, if you had to knock the team, that's it. Uh, those guys have carried the Dodgers. So, yeah, maybe a little fatigue for sure, but as long as he's healthy and his mind is right, you go into that game and you're starting a series against the Giants, man, I want Walker on the mound because I trust him and I know him and I, the guy is just a gamer. So it, it, listen, a lot, a lot of adrenaline goes into that kind of a series. Uh, Dodgers are riding with Walker. I, I, I would be okay with it. Yeah. I mean, hundred percent, I agree. Uh, but there's two things I want to talk about. One, you mentioned the bullpen game and you said they can't really risk it. Are we sure that a, a tandem start of Andre Jackson and Mitch White is, is risking it though? Because the last couple games of, of the last couple outings of Walker Bueller has has not been great at all. Uh, so you could argue that they're risking it more by pitching current day Walker Bueller, fatigued Walker Bueller over these over these two other guys who have had success pretty much all year. You know, obviously a couple of Mitch White appearances didn't go as as planned, but. I'd argue that that is that is the smart thing to do in this situation to win the division and to plan for the playoffs. Another thing I want to talk about is his velocity has been down all season. Uh, he's lost over a mile per over a mile per hour on his fastball, and that that is also the case for his for his slider and his changeup 
and his curveball. Uh, so I don't know if that's either a, a mechanical issue, a, a general fatigue issue, but his velocity has been down pretty much all year. And we haven't seen it really affect him. Uh, you know, he was in the top two for the Cy Young before these, these past four starts. So we haven't really seen him affect it. But now that he's struggling, he's not able to just get by on, on that heater. Uh, so we'll see how it plays out. I think they'd be doing the team a favor and they'd be doing Bueller a favor if they skipped a start. Go to Andre Jackson, go to Mitch White, uh, get Bueller ready for the playoffs, but 100% still trust him when it's time to go. The Dodgers skipped Julio Urias' start, whether you want to blame the calf putting him on the IL for that start, but he went on to win his next five straight decisions. So yeah. that skip start was a blessing, blessing for Julio. And who would, who would they, would they, his next start is versus Arizona, would it be? Bueller's? Bueller's. I think it'd be either Arizona or uh, San Diego, yeah? Yeah, I mean, if they go five-man, it's San Diego, but if they go four, it would be Arizona. Okay. Yeah. Well, either way, they can get by. So how many more games is that? It's a few games, right? I mean, I think we'll know a lot more in those when his start comes up, right, in terms of where they are with the Giants. You're yeah. high, you're three back, you skip him. Yeah, right? absolutely. I think. So this is – the bullpen that I think the Dodgers are going to roll with come postseason. If anyone on this list, or if I'm missing anyone, let me know. But I think it's going to be Phil Bickford. Justin Brule is the one I'm a little uncertain about. He's been a little shaky his last few outings. Gonsolin, Gratterall, Jansen, Joe Kelly, who's been lights out, hasn't given up an earned run in August. Corey Knebel, David Price, Blake Trinan, Alex Vessia. I don't know if Price is going to make it, my friend. I really don't. I think they're, they're playing with a shorter bench right now. Uh, you know, the rosters are expanded right now. So I, I think out of all those guys, if one were to get cut, it would definitely be David price. Um, and I don't, I don't know who you would bring up as a, as a position player. That's the thing. Um, but I, I think you're right on uh, minus price. So who's the, who's the bench then? I mean, is, does Matt Beatty make it? You know, yes. Matt Beatty is making it 100%. Yeah. I mean, I think I, he just, for a guy that gives you as, as quality, the, the quality at bats that he gives you, um, I think he, I think he's got to be on, on the postseason roster. A little bit of a question mark as to, you know, how Chris Taylor is, is doing. Um, hopefully he can, you know, get a little, little healthier. Glad to see AJ Pollock back. Um, but yeah, Kevin, I think, I think the bullpen is going to be what you, what you described. Um, and they may go with price only because of his postseason experience, uh, yeah, big game hard to leave that off. um, you know, that, that is something to, you know, that, that will, you know, help in their decision on, on whether or not to leave him on there. I mean, he's basically the Alex Wood role in my eyes, but so the garbage has- man, <laughs> I mean, Alex Wood didn't pitch in any situation except for game six, which was huge. Uh, but before that, he didn't pitch in any meaningful situation at all, really. Yeah, you got you to gotta have a couple. I of mean, he's guys. certainly not he's certainly not high leverage. Yeah, he's not. High you've, got, you've got enough high leverage guys already uh, to go to that, that he would be the last on that list. Yeah. Of course, like same goes for Gonsolin, though. I mean, we don't know what we're going to get when he takes a mound right now. Yeah. So Cody Bellinger went on the IL with the rib fracture. We don't know the timetable of the injury. Unfortunately, it just the season keeps getting worse for Cody. If healthy, he has to be on the postseason roster, right? They cannot leave him off. Yeah. 
Yeah, he has to be there. Again, another, a guy that's, that's been, you know, a a guy that you can rely on in the postseason. as, as bad of a season as he's had, you have to have him on there. Albeit just for defensive purposes. Yeah. Even as a defensive replacement, especially because now you got Lux playing the outfield. So, uh, you know, wildcard game, it would not surprise me at all to see the outfield be bets Pollock and Pollock or Lux and center and, and Pollock or Lux and left. And that's a pretty rough outfield defense aside from <laughs> aside from bets. Uh, I mean, Lux has what three games in his career in the outfield in the majors. Pollock is maybe made of glass half the time and can't really run half the time. Uh, so late game, hundred percent Bellinger will come in as a, as a defensive substitution at, at the very least. I think you got to put no Betts what, in center field. Yeah. No matter what his bat is doing, it, it, there's just nobody better at that position. So I, I feel like, especially you get into those kind of games where it's close and it's, you know, three, two or late, he's, he's absolutely a part of it. You just got to hope, listen, man, you, you got to hope that um, some of that magic that he's had in the past is, is, you know, you can put the regular season behind him. He gets a couple of knocks, just takes one, maybe to, to, to light his fire. Um, you just got the key is just him being healthy, right? If, if, if he's healthy and he's ready to go, he's definitely going to be used for sure. What are your guys' thoughts on Justin Turner so far? He's been having a very rough second half. Um, the batting average is now 231 and on base of about 310. We saw him have another Oford game today. Really struggled in cores. Do you think he's going to turn it on when it matters, or should we consider moving him down in the order? You know they're not going to move him down in the order. You just know that they that, that Dave Roberts just wouldn't do something – quote unquote drastic like that. I I don't expect that to happen, but uh, to be honest, I think we've gotten a lot more out of Justin Turner than I expected at the beginning of the season Uh, for his age and his, you know, you know, we thought maybe this would be his, you know, last two raw, who knows Um, he's been pretty damn good and has been pretty clutch. And we know that Turner again, is a clutch postseason player. He's the best Dodgers offensive postseason player in the history of the Dodgers. Uh, so I, I don't think that I, you know, have any doubts about the way Justin Turner is going to rise to the occasion because he typically always does. If it were up to me, I would move him down in the order because he is coming up with some key spots where he's not able to, to come through. And I think with, with guys like, you know, Howard, you know, Pollock doesn't seem to have skipped to missed a beat. Uh, coming back from his injury, Corey Seager's raking, uh, Max Muncy had a clutch home run today. So I think you've got other options that would be better fit for the middle of the order. It's, uh, it's such a tough thing, isn't it? That's why I think it's a great point that you guys bring it up. I mean, the thought of maybe not having JT out there is hard for Dodger fans. As Jake just pointed out, the greatest postseason Dodger ever in terms of numbers. Um, you know, we see this in basketball a lot. You see it in, in other sports when you're a championship team and you have you have those veteran guys that maybe aren't performing like you want them to, or, you know, they can, but you know, come playoff time, you've seen them do it time and time again. And you have this, this memory of that. So you kind of want to ride it. I, I think JT has always earned that, that at least start in that spot. Um, I, I think if the Dodgers were down 2-0 when he was hitting 0-23 or whatever in the series, or he, well, he didn't have a knock or anything, I, then maybe, you know, Dave, with all that talent and people around, you have to make a move. That's what you get paid to do. Um, but I definitely think JT, I, I know he's in a little bit of a, a rut right now, but but I think you have to believe in him come playoff time. At least start with him. Yeah, that's the thing about Dave Roberts is 
no matter what we think or no matter what the numbers say, yeah, he has a two two twenty five batting average the last 30 days, OPS of around mm-hmm. 550. That doesn't matter because Dave Roberts is going to believe in his players and Justin Turner is going to be out there one way or another. Uh, there's no point for us to debate whether he should or shouldn't be out there. Now, now would, would I hit him third? No, I wouldn't. Uh, absolutely not. Um, would I hit him fourth? No, I wouldn't either. Uh, this lineup is too talented. You got guys like Seager, Betts, and Turner, uh, Trey Turner, who are lighting the world on fire. Will Smith, not far behind him. And Muncie is, is hitting home runs at the right time. So those are my first five hitters. I, I like Justin Turner in the sixth spot. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's traditionally had success in the playoffs. So Dave Roberts is going to rock with that all day. David, I'm with you, man, but you can't be afraid. And that's the thing, right? Like you have to take risks in terms of uh, uh, to, to win, no, no matter what the sport. And that's the hard part about coaching at a smaller level or managing at a high level in terms of Major League Baseball. Every single inning, it's going to come down. We're going we're to micromanage. He can't be afraid to make that move. If you got to bat him seventh, you got to bat him seventh. And JT has to understand that. He's a pro, right? You can't bat him third if he's not being a, you know, if he's, he's, not, he's not as productive there. Yeah. He was, he, let's not forget, Turner was, was not having a good postseason last, last year at all uh, until mm-hmm. he got to the World Series. Uh, obviously he had that play in Atlanta, a couple big hits, but before that he was not having a good postseason and they stuck with him and look what happened. Yeah. You know, JT will be in the lineup at the end of the day, but here's an actual dilemma. Chris Taylor in this, since the all-star break, his second half, he's batting 227, a 282 on base, whether you want to attribute that to the neck injury or not, it's definitely playing a factor in Taylor's poor performance, despite being in an all-star in the first half. And then on the flip side, you got the red hot Gavin Lux, who out of nowhere is batting 444 since being recalled, has been a catalyst to this Dodgers offense, finding ability to get on base, whether it's through power or speed. He does both those things. And, you know, this was Chris Taylor's job. You figured he was a guaranteed starter. But at this point, it's a it's a major question mark. Oh, it's not a question mark at all. It's it's Gavin Lux 100 percent of the way uh, you, you, ha- you absolutely have to ride the hot hand. Uh He's been, I think he has six uh, multi-hit games since his return out of nine games or something. I think the Dodgers have only lost one game he started. Uh, it's a no-brainer. Chris Taylor, we don't know what he's doing. We don't know if he's healthy. We don't know if he's performing. We haven't seen him perform well in a while. It's a no-brainer, in my opinion. Yeah, L- Luxy has been unbelievable since coming back from the IL just absolutely carrying this offense, not only with his bat, but with his legs too. I mean, he is beating infield (laughs) infield ground outs that should be outs. He's beating it out uh, at first base and he's stealing bases. And I, I, I think the Dodgers should be trying to run more kind of like what the, the Padres have done to us all year, which is just run us ragged. I think uh, being more aggressive on the base paths with Lux, with Trey Turner, they did a double steal today with Austin Barnes and Gavin Lux and Barnes is almost thrown out, but uh, uh, upon replay, he was safe. So I think that that just adds another element, another dynamic to this team where it's, we're not just waiting for that three run Homer. We can manufacture runs, create runs with the speed that we have. That's also a a really fast player on this team. Um, I think the Dodgers just have that extra weapon and I like him at the bottom of the order. I love having good hitters in the bottom of the order and the way he's produced from that seven, eight spot has been awesome. Give me red hot all day long. We already have enough known commodities. We already have the veteran presence, the guys that have been there before. If, if, 
if CT's not bringing it and you just read off those numbers, uh, it's not even a question for me. I mean, it's, it's, it's Gavin all the way, all the way. Yeah. I mean, since he's been re- recalled 16 for 36, nine RBIs, 639 slugging percentage, 524 on base percentage. That's good for a 1200 OPS. You're not, you're not benching that period. I like the fire, bring the fire. Got yeah. a guy on fire. Let's let him go. Let's not yep. put the sprinklers on him. And, yes. And something that he wasn't doing earlier in the season was batting well against lefties. He's doing that. Now he got some hits off Kyle Freeland. We saw him hit a home run off Wade Miley. Who's been kind of a Dodger killer in the past. So yeah, I'm, I'm with Peter. You got to ride the red hot bat. That's all I got. A, I got a question for you guys. So we've, we've heard Max Scherzer talk, you know, fondly of both catchers. Uh, but yeah. lately I, I believe Austin Barnes has been catching him more. Uh, wild card game. You can't keep Will Smith out of the lineup, right? You just can't do it. That, that's a tough one for me because I, hadn't I, thought I, about that I would, I, in a, in a wild card do or die game, do you, do you want the extra bat in the lineup or do you want your star pitcher to choose who he wants to throw to? I think that's, that's the dilemma. And yeah, that, that is a tough one because Obviously, you want Will Smith in there to, to get three or four at-bats a game, but having Austin Barnes in there to catch Max Scherzer to give you maybe six, seven shutout innings, and then you get to pick and choose when you want to use Will Smith in a pinch hitter role late in the game, that could also be a move that, I mean, I could go either way on that one. As far as I know, he likes throwing to both catchers perfectly fine. And I believe yeah. it was Will Smith who was behind the plate when Scherzer took that perfect game into the eighth. So He was. He was. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to be an issue. What do you think, Eater? I like the Will Smith aspect, especially if Max is just as comfortable with him. But I obviously would go to Max. I wouldn't touch him. I'd stay away like this. I'd really <laughs> He's going. But I, but I would definitely ask him behind closed doors. Uh, here's – Here's what we think of Austin Barnes going. Here's what we think of Will. We'd love to have his bat in there. Which guy do you feel more comfortable with? I got, I, I got a feeling Max Scherzer is going to go with the guy that he feels is best. And, and, and for me, it's Will Smith just because of, of what you guys were saying. The bat for me is, is next level. If I get four more bats from him, I'm feeling good about that. Either way, though. Either way, it could work. I, I think you, you just have to go Smith, period. Uh, haven't seen Will Smith have much success as a pinch hitter also. And Austin Barnes has arguably besides Pujols has arguably been the best pinch hitter on the team. Well, you know what? That, there's your answer right now. David is going to be in there with doc and Matt. And he's gonna throw that out. That's going to, going to actually just drop the mic. We're going to end the discussion. We're all going to go out there and Will's going to be ready to go. If only it were that easy, we would, we might've had another championship in uh, 2017 <laughs> or 18. Oh, don't bring me back. Don't bring yeah. me back. Uh, nightmare yeah the rich hill game never never gets better uh never don't don't even start with me (laughs) were you guys at game seven i was yeah you remember getting there like everyone got there early and it was funny i don't know about for you but i was like running into people that i i don't know friends and then people i hadn't seen in a long time and just having the best time. And there was this feeling of, Oh my God, in a few hours, we're finally going to win a world series. It hadn't happened for, I mean, I, I, you guys are much younger than me, but just to to date me, it hadn't happened since my senior year of high school. Right. My senior year of high school, I, the Dodgers won the world series against the Oakland A's and we just had never had another one. And then 
literally three minutes into the game, I'm like, oh my, the wind was just out of the sails. It was, yeah. It was yeah. Brutal. Well, none yeah. of us were born yet. So how does that make you? Uh, I know. Well, <laughs> by the way, can I tell you guys a little story about that season? I know we're getting off topic, but it's your, I'm a guest on your podcast. So you have to listen. Uh, John Dempsey was a classmate mate of mine at Crespi high school. His dad was Rick Dempsey, who was one of the catchers for that Dodger team, along with Sosha. He was actually yep. uh, MVP of a world series for the Orioles uh, in the early eighties. Um, I had a choice from John game one or game two world series game. One was the same night as our high school football game. I had a little crush on a girl named Susan Bergani. I chose to oh, go to no. that game. I chose <laughs> no. to go to the high school football game. Oh, no. it was, now, this is like, a, way, this is mean, like a goodwill hunting moment. <laughs> I know. I know. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. I mean, Listen, <laughs> the dog pile with 35 guys after Gibby's home run was one of the moments I'll never forget. But then thinking you missed that moment will never, ever be uh, forgotten. <laughs> yeah. it, it's still crappy. By the way, went to game two, Dodgers rolled. Um, and I have a funny story on that. Fast forward 27 years, and I'm in the makeup room of all places at Spectrum, and the Bulldog's in there, Oral Horsesizer. And, 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 and I'm like, oh, somehow the World Series came up. And I was telling Oral, John, you know, the same story, John Dempsey, blah, blah. And I go, Oral, you know what I remember about game two, though? Dodgers crushed them. And, and Mike Marshall played great. And, dude, he thought I was like, he lit me up. He's like, Mike, dude, I pitched a whatever. He, I had two hits, and I only gave up one run in nine innings. He, like, lit me up. He's like, Mike Marshall, I, I was the MVP. It was pretty funny. So <laughs> yeah. lit up by Oral That's 27 good. years later and made a bad decision. There you go. Awesome. All right, Chris, before we let you go, uh, we couldn't let you go without talking some Lakers basketball. The season is coming up right around the corner in October. Very exciting, very exciting team this year. Uh, LeBron, AD coming back, but you got Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook, Dwight Howard's coming back, DeAndre Jordan. It's a team of a super team pretty much. Um, but you are the host of the Lake Show podcast. So tell us what that's about and then give us your thoughts on this year's team. Okay, yeah, so um, as you guys know, I host all the pre- and post-game shows on Spectrum Sportsnet. Well, we started doing a podcast, a weekly podcast with uh, Allie Clifton, who I work with, and Mike Bresnahan. Um, we do that every single week. We call it the Lake Show Podcast. Uh, you can get it on, you know, Spectrum News app, or you can get it on Apple or any of, wherever you get your favorite podcast. We love doing it. It's quick. It's 25 minutes, 30 minutes long. Um, we just kind of deep dive into, uh, you know, what's going on with the Lakers. Uh, we'll try to have some guests and some fun stuff on there as well. Uh, we had Frank Vogel yesterday, which was really cool. Um, it got a lot of run, a lot of people talking about it. Um, Frank is great. He was awesome. Uh, love ha- Coach is a great dude. So I appreciate you bringing it up the podcast. Listen, uh, you, you said exciting, exciting and intriguing, Jake. It's going to be uh, – there's a lot of uh, hype around this team. Um, it's an older, older super team sprinkled in with some youth uh, and some awesome vets. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun, man. I, I, I'm just so curious what it looks like. You know, when you have a team with LeBron, Westbrook, and AD, and then all the guys you had mentioned, what it looks like and how it fits, to me, is always the most exciting part. It's going to be pretty awesome. What what I like about this team is that everybody is already counting them out. They're calling them the AARP yeah. team, and everyone is just <laughs> riding the Lakers off already. I would love it if this team just shoves it to the rest of the league and ends up winning a title. 
It's funny you say that, Jake. Frank was laughing about that too. I, I, we, we said, Frank, are you guys old? He's like, well, I'm told we are by every journalist and everybody in the league. He's like, but aren't we really good? Like, I mean, Westbrook, uh, LeBron, Anthony Davis, the pieces you have around, I think one thing people forget is AD. I, I mean, to me, he's the key to everything, guys. He's, he's the youth that you need. He's the guy that creates a mismatch no matter who's on the floor. He's a top, what, two to three, two-way player in the league. And people just forget we're, we're a society, guys. It's like, what have you done for me lately? Uh, we were talking about it a lot with the Dodgers. And, and people forget that it was less than a year ago that AD was absolutely dominant on his way to a Laker championship. Because of the injuries, he only played 36 games. He missed half the season. So he has a lot to prove again. But I think to the two games that he played that the Lakers won in that series, remember they were up 2-1 against Phoenix, the team that mm-hmm. went to the finals had a 2-0 lead against the Bucs. Dude, he was 34-10 and 10 and like 33-11. and 11. So he was – and that was not being right all, all the way. So to me, AD is the key. I think the other pieces will fit. And, and, and I'm with you, Jake. I, I think it's always great when people count you out, right? And, and, and LeBron in year 19 loves it too. I mean, whatever you can use as motivation, you use it. Yeah. Hashtag washed King. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris. Well, thanks so much for, for joining us on the incline. Uh, your, your baseball fandom, your insight is always welcome. And it's a treat for me too. Uh, you know, we go way back as we mentioned at the top. So this, this was really yeah, cool, man. Yeah. Listen, uh, Jake, yes. It makes me feel old that you are 30 because I just turned 50. Uh, so I'm only Jesus. 20 years apart from you. Don't, don't, don't think that's not lost on me. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you're, you're always one of my favorite students and, and I love that we've connected later in life. Uh, always loved your family. So awesome being on here with you guys as well, man. You guys are great. I appreciate all the work you guys do, Kevin and David. Uh, it was fun being on, man. You guys, you guys know your stuff. And, and for me to, to kind of step out of what I do and talk, Talk my love for Dodgers baseball is a real treat. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. We appreciated it. Here's my here's my Laker take that no one asked for. Let's go, David. Let's go. Yeah, I was like, where's the other takes? <laughs> I think I think Malik Monk is gonna make himself a lot of money this season. I'm a big college basketball Ooh. guy. I watched this dude l- light it up at Kentucky. I think he's gonna make himself quite the bag in the offseason. That's my Laker take like, that nobody asked for. Listen, I I, I don't I don't know you guys great outside i mean i know jake but i'm saying you uh, uh kevin and david but i'll say this david you you should have a job in sports where you just sit in the coach's office or the manager's <laughs> office and just tell them how it is whether they take it or not it's it, it's perfect because we talk about this all the time guys kendrick nunn malik monk tht who are the what young guy is going to emerge and you can make a case for each of them man i'd love i i would love for you to be right about malik monk i i would love it we'll see Kevin, what's your take? Come on, man. You got to get in there with something. This is probably a boring take, but this team will go as far as Anthony Davis takes them. He's true. He he is the key to all this. If he can stay healthy, because that's kind of been the knock during his entire career. Can he stay on the floor for 82 games in the postseason? That's what will determine if the Lakers are champions or not. They don't really have the depth. They don't. Sorry. I was just going to say, they don't have the. I was just going to say, they don't really have the big man depth that I really like. DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard coming back. They're going to have to really prove themselves. You know, defensively, they'll bring it. But on the offensive side of things, can they keep up with the teams that run the court? I don't know. Think about how fun last year was for everyone living in Southern California. If you were raised like me, a Dodger and a Laker fan, I'm hoping we have that again, but on our home turf. 
It was just, yeah. I don't know, last year was, I, I had such a good time, you guys. And, and, and as a parent of two girls that were like loving Dodger playoff baseball, they finally got to really, I don't know, just experience uh, the win. And, you know, it was just different being in the bubble and then, and then the Dodger games not being here. So I'm really hoping that Laker season starting, Dodger playoffs going at the same time. It's, it's, it's really the best time to be here. So I'm hoping that October brings us what, what we deserve. And we need those parades, damn it. Yeah, right? Oh, yes, man. We got Rob. <laughs> Rob. That's ridiculous. Let's, let's get a screenshot of you rocking that shirt. Right here. <laughs> exactly. Right here, homies. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> All right, Chris, man. Thanks so much for taking the time. And uh, yeah, we'll be watching you on Spectrum Sports Net LA all season long uh, as, the, as the pre and post game host for the Lakers. All right, Jake. Uh, thanks, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. And I can't wait to do it again next season, right? Yes. Sounds good. Next season. All right. All right, man. Take care. Right. See you later. All right, Chris. Later. So that was Chris Gator McGee, guys. Uh, what a great guest to have on. Uh, I knew he was a, a baseball fan, um, but I didn't know how uh, you know knowledgeable uh, he was just intimately with the team. So that was cool to see, you know, his depth and breadth of knowledge. Uh, we know he he knows the Lakers like the back of his hand, but he's a Dodgers fan. He bleeds Dodger blue, uh, goes all the way back. So that was that was really fun and a treat for me. Um, so the, the one thing I do want to uh, talk about that we haven't touched on uh, yet in this show is Albert Pujols. Um, just from the jump, I think all three of us were on board with him when the Dodgers acquired him earlier in the season. Um, and everyone was sort of like, what are they doing? It makes no sense. It was a surprise to me, but I wasn't thinking negatively about it. I actually was thinking positively about it. Anything we do get from him is going to be a plus. And he's been not only great on the field, but terrific in the clubhouse and just a great presence to have on this team. But I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on him as a pinch hitter because he's been absolutely elite this year. He's hitting three 82 as a pinch hitter. That's 13 for 34, a 980 OPS two home runs, 10 RBIs, and he is one of the reasons why the Dodgers were able to win uh, this series versus the Rockies coming up big in extra innings uh, during game one of this series. And so he came up with that big hit, gave him the go-ahead run. What do you guys think about Albert Pujols? I mean, he's just been unbelievable. Yeah, I don't understand it. Uh, I mean, this guy <laughs> is is arguably – well, he says he's 41, but he he's more, he's around 43. Uh, I'm not going to get into, you know, the whole, the whole, that situation, but he's old is the bottom line. He is old. And uh, this dude has a 781 OPS as a Dodger, 781 as a Dodger that he hasn't had an OPS that high since 2015 with the angels when he was an all-star and hit 40 home runs. Wow. Okay. So look, I don't know what the hell he's doing. I don't know if he just needed to be on a not sad team to have success, <laughs> uh, but he's found success here. Uh, he has been the best pinch hitter we have. Uh, he's demolished left-handed pitching. Uh, and as we saw, uh, I believe it was yesterday or two, two nights ago, he he's, he's doing it all in, in the clutch situations. Uh, you know, you take, um, a heroic Mike Talkman catch against the giants out of the, out of the equation. He'd walk off home run. Dodgers are tied for first right now. Uh, so this dude has done, everything and more that we've asked him to. And this has been a hell of a pickup and I hope they keep him next year. If he wants to play. Yeah. I think yeah. he's going to come up huge in the postseason too, depending on how far the Dodgers go. I think he's going to have some huge moments. And you know what I will say, Dave Roberts has done a great job of when to use him and when yep. not to use him. Yep. Definitely. 
assuming the Dodgers make the World Series and there's a lefty starting on the mound, whether it's Carlos Rodon, you know it. But Pujols has to start as the designated hitter. I don't know who else you would start over Pujols. You mentioned how electric he's been against lefties. 302 batting average, 345 on base, 628 slugging. That's a 973 OPS with 13 home runs. Albert Pujols has basically been what Matt Beatty was supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, and, and Matt Beatty's been fine. Um, but like I said, whatever we got from Pujols would be a bonus, off, you know, offensively. We knew he would be a good clubhouse guy. But wow, this is so far and above and beyond what I ever expected him to do. And it just goes to show you how much of a Hall of Famer he is. The fact that he's as old as he is. Better than Babe Ruth, in my opinion. Right. To be doing what he's doing at this age is unbelievable. And, you know, he's not getting these like cheapy Charlie home runs that are barely made. He's crushing balls, like balls that are just so far out of the ballpark. Um, and, and the way in the, the way he hits the, his heart is, is hard hit contact is out of this world. Um, and yeah, I just, I just can't say enough about him. I just thought I, I, we, we needed to address that because he was a huge reason why they won that series against the Rockies. Yep. Quick rant, probably one of the dumbest rules in major league baseball, obviously the wild card game being a one game playoff. I, I kind of like it. I kind of don't, obviously the Dodgers shouldn't be in this scenario because they have the second best record. But what's even more irritating, not that I believe in home field advantage, that if you win the wild card game, you don't get home field advantage in any series, no matter what, until the World Series. Yeah, regardless of your record. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is garbage. I mean, they just need to do a whole overhaul of this of this situation. They need, to, they need to make the wild. I think they do need to make the wild card game two out of three. But it also it also should count that. The Dodgers are 17, 18 games ahead of the of the team that they have to face in a one-game playoff. I mean, that is just egregious. Yeah, well, if there's one thing we can count on, it's that Rob Manfred will get it right. <laughs> no matter what happens, he, he'll definitely get it right. That's for yeah. sure. And Rob, we trust. Okay, breaking news out of San Diego, folks. Yep, yep. The breaking San news. Diego, your San Diego Padres have beaten the Giants. The Dodgers are now one game back in the division with – I believe nine to play nine. What a stud Victor Caratini is my favorite player in all of baseball. (laughs) Build the damn statue. Wow. Victor Caratini. So I was wrong. I thought the Padres would go seven and three against the giants in that final 10. That is certainly not the case, but thankfully the Padres did something worthwhile. did not get swept after dropping the first two. So here we are again, just like last week and probably the week before and the week before we're one game back now the Dodgers go off to Arizona next. They got a three-gamer. Tony Gonsolin, Clayton Kershaw, and Urias are the projected starters, and they're going to face some scrubs and Zach Allen. So hopefully the Dodgers can sweep that series. Um, obviously, San Francisco, they have to lose another game too, hopefully. And then the Dodgers go on and have one more battle with the Padres. And it looks like Walker Beeler is scheduled to start that first game. We'll see if they push him back. I don't think they will. I think they want to win that Padres game. And then it would the, be Max Scherzer. The thing I'm holding on to right now is that the Rockies played us really tough. And I'm hoping that they can continue that against the Giants because they come to town next. And the Rockies offense has been really good. CJ Crone's been hitting yeah. the shit out of the ball. Uh, Hilliard's been hitting. Um, Brendan Rogers has been hitting. Uh, 
they've got, you know, Trevor story is not hitting that well, but he's still a threat. Charlie Blackman. I mean, these guys are hitting well and they have a decent lineup. So I'm hoping that some crazy shit happens at, at Coors field and they could steal one, maybe two games there. Um, I think the Dodgers going up against the diamondbacks. This is a, this is a perfect situation uh, that they're in right now. It, it, you know, in, in terms of where we are in the season, the, the amount of games that they're back, only one game back now. Um, it is pretty incredible, though. I, I did. I brought it up at the beginning of the show, but the Dodgers, how many times have we seen the Dodgers come back from the dead like this this year? I feel like it's been very few and far between where they're in their final at bat, you know, whether it's their final strike or final out to get and they come back and tie the game and then and then eventually go on to win it. I feel like we've not seen that uh, that much this season. You know, you guys know me. You know I'm a I'm a betting man. What did CJ Crone have this series? Ten hits against us, nine at a minimum. What do you want to bet? He doesn't have more than two hits against the Giants. Because yeah. I'll I'll bet it. Name what you want to bet. I'll bet it. Yeah, he's going against Alex Wood, Descalfani, and Gossman. All right. Well, Gossman is kind of cooked. Descalfani kind of sucks, uh, and Alex Wood is left-handed. So. Okay, I'll, I'll raise it to three hits, and I will still take the under. I also found it quite fitting that we couldn't get him out all series, and yet Crone was the guy that uh, tried and got to in a double play to end the game. Um, that was pretty cool. That's He lived up to his moniker. He's, yep. he's ready and waiting. Always. Uh, what do we think of the What do we think of the stash, <laughs> David? I'll, I'll you send know, it to he's you. been he's been tinkering with the facial hair all year you know sometimes you got the goatee trining you got the beard trining and now you got the the cop mustache trining <laughs> frankly I, I, they all look great to me i mean does the slider still does the slider still move does the sinker still tail no difference to me right but i i respect it he's kind of just he's kind of just using his face as a canvas yeah beautifully put all right so yeah here we go dodgers one game back we know Again. the Cardinals are for Again. sure. The, we know yeah. that we know the Cardinals are almost a lock to be the second wild card team. Probably the next time we record, we'll have a really good idea what the postseason matchups are. Yep. So I'll save my stats and predictions of what happens if we play the Cardinals. But for now, I still on the prize. It's got to be a game one sixty three. So be it. I know last week I said I wasn't on board, but I've had a change of heart after seeing how white hot the Cardinals have been. <laughs> That, you want to talk about a team, I already said it earlier, they've been very resilient. It seems like no deficits deterring them. They handed it to Woodruff, and then today, yeah, I talked about down five. Uh, nothing. comeback was impressive today. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't – I honestly, I don't want to face a team that, that that's that hot in a one-game one playoff. I, I don't care how we match up against them. Um, I, I think the Dodgers are a better team overall, but – October is, is who is hot now. And that's kind of who advances. And so when you're up against that team, I'd rather face that team. If they advance to the division series, assuming the Dodgers win the division, I would rather face that team with three games to play as opposed to one. Yes. All right. I think this is the, this should be a good closing segment and then we'll do our final thoughts. Let's say Scherzer can't go game one because they have to use them in a do or die. How do you line up the rest of the rotation in a best of five? So I you're think, saying oh. wild card game, we win the wild card game behind Scherzer. Do we use any other starters in that game? That's a, that's a question that we need to know. 
I guess, yeah, you use one, but I can't tell you who it's going to be because it's Dave Roberts. So it's a wild card game. Anything's going to happen, but assume, assume someone gets used. Just assuming, assuming we have, I think there's a two or three game break in between. I would not use Bueller out of the bullpen. So if you're going to use the starter out of the bullpen, I'd go Urias, no doubt. Um, if you have to piggyback off Scherzer. So if you're using Scherzer and Urias, then I would, then I would have um, Bueller and Kershaw go one and two to start the series. And then, and then start up with, with Scherzer, assuming that there's enough off days in between. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I, I would start. Bueller's not going to come out of the pen. I, I really don't think he will uh, in any situation in the wild card game, unless there's extra innings in my opinion. Uh, but Assuming you win the wild card game behind Scherzer, and let's say Julio Arias pitches an inning or two, let's say they don't have to use him, does that change the okay. way you line it up? Uh, yeah, it d- yes, yes, it does. Uh, then I, I would then go, I, w- I would put Arias game two. I'd still go Walker game one. There you, okay, I, I agree. I would go Bueller Arias, uh, and then you probably get Scherzer back. Honestly, uh, so you may not even have to use Clayton Kershaw uh, at all. Right. Uh, but yeah, you got, you got to get Scherzer in one of the first three games, a hundred percent. Uh, and Bueller, if he doesn't pitch in the wildcard game is a hundred percent going to pitch game one, uh, fatigue be damned. Uh, you're going to go to your horse period, uh, game two Kershaw or Arias, either one. I'm, I have, I have full confidence yeah. in both, but obviously Julio's looked real good since returning from that phantom IL stint. Yep. I'm right on board. I think Clayton Kershaw would stand at the fourth starter, not to knock his talent or any of that. It's just, I need to see more out of him because he was out a long time with the injury and Definitely. He he's not ramped up yet. I know uh, Steven Strasburg, when he had to come out of the bullpen in the wild card game, he started game two, but I believe that was on three games rest given Scherzer's age. I don't think they would do that to him. So I think game three is a safe bet when he would start. Yep. Scenarios. Now, what happens if we have game 163, then the wild card? You go Scherzer, then, then Bueller, and then assuming they, they win both of those, or they assuming, well, they would win the to, wild card. We'd have to lose game 163, yeah. then win the wild card. Then, then who do you start game one? Julio. Arias, I think Arias, Arias is, and Scherzer game two. I think Urias yeah. is probably used at that point, but I guess Urias, if not, but Kershaw, then game one. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's that's the beauty yeah. of these of these you know having four guys. Uh, they're all yeah, they're four all number ones. Four yeah. number ones. I mean, you know, say what you want about Clayton Kershaw, but teams the Cardinals would love to have Clayton Kershaw to pitch in the wild card game. Yeah, they'll pitch Wainwright. Yeah, they got Flaherty coming back, but Clayton Kershaw would a hundred percent be in the mix for the Cardinals in that wild card game. Make no mistake. So look, it doesn't matter where you put him. In a, in a five game series, you got to win one of the first two games. So game one and game two starters doesn't really matter. The order I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Any other MLB topics you want to cover real quick before we sign off? Who are you uh, giving the MVPs to? I mean, I think Otani's a lock. So in the NL, uh, who are you giving the MVP to? That's also a shame though, for Vladdy jr. Just, just the season yeah. that he's had. Um, yep. he's, he's beat because he, do, he can't pitch. I mean, yeah. that's pretty <laughs> yeah, much it's it. the only reason he's not winning it. <laughs> it's the only reason. Yeah. Uh, but he's having an incredible season, an incredible, incredible season. Yep. Uh, the MVP in the national league. I mean, it has to be Bryce Harper at this point, right? I'm going Fernando. I think the 40 home runs leads the national league best slugging. 
The one thing that has a little knock on him is he doesn't have the same amount of games played, but I think the writers love the narrative and they want to give him that MVP. I agree with Kevin. I, I think they're going to push that narrative as far as it'll go. Uh, but when you play less games, when you lead the MLB or, or the NL in errors uh, and you're not on a playoff team, it's going to be tough. And, and granted, Bryce Harper is, is, in this, is looking like in the same boat uh, as, not of a, not, as he's not in a playoff team. But Harper is my MVP. And I'm not just saying that because I, I despise the Padres. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge Bryce Harper fan. You guys know that. And he's, he's done everything possible to, to will the, the Phillies into the playoffs himself. Uh, he's been out there day in and day out. His, his numbers are on par, if not better, than Tatis. Uh, and he deserves it, period. Plays good defense, does it all. Now, I, I actually would like to see – we know that Tatis is going to win – multiple MVPs. If he stays healthy and he's able to do what he does, he's, he is going to rack up the hardware. So it would be cool to see Bryce Harper win another MVP. Just, just for the haters out there. Like Kevin. (laughs) I I don't know. I used to like him, but then after he joined the Phillies, I had to like him. I had to dislike him just because I hate the Phillies. (laughs) That's, That's the culture of being a Dodgers fan. I mean, you know, I only hated the Phillies from 08 to, uh, to 2010. And then after that, they've really not done anything. Yeah, I agree. I don't hate the Phillies anymore. All right. And then Cy Young, I think it's a round of Max Scherzer. I gave it to Walker Buehler a month ago, but unfortunately he pitched his way off of that. No, it seems like nobody wants the NL Cy Young right now. <laughs> all the top four contenders are all having kind of stinkers. Zach Wheeler, I, Zach Wheeler made back into it. Yeah, could, did did Burns get beat up by the Cards? Woodruff Woodruff did. Yeah, yeah. I, don't know I, I think it's going to be Burns. Gonna doesn't be, have to uh, face him. I think. I think it's going to be Scherzer. I I don't. I think it's going to be uh, Burns. That would be my preseason. Pick. You don't think that you don't think that they would give it? They don't. You don't think that they would give it to Scherzer? I I mean, they very well could. I think I think it's between three people at this point. I think it's Burns, Scherzer, or Wheeler. Uh, Wheeler has the longevity aspect of it leads leads baseball in innings i believe been consistent pretty much the whole year burns has struggled a tiny bit as of late uh but scherzer you know as the dodger has been the best pitcher in baseball so it's going to be interesting we'll see i think that one's a total coin flip yep american league cy young yeah that one's tough because it's it's you know there's not really like one Really, yeah, it really runners. isn't. It's like it's good. Uh, Garrett Cole or Robbie Ray, basically. I think it's Robbie Ray, twelve and six, two seventy two ERA, two hundred. What if they give it to? Outs? What if they give it to Otani? Holy shit! <laughs> it won't yeah, happen. That'd be that'd be that'd be nuts. Finally, the Diamondbacks decided to extend Tori Lavello despite having one of the worst records in Major League Baseball. So I guess the D-backs are choosing irrelevancy for another season. Thank you very much yeah that the d-back should be better than they are they really should have been I mean, four losses and he gets an extension yeah I, I that that that's inexcusable i mean if we go if you go back to the episode where we did like a nls preview forget how many how many months ago that was none of a i don't did any of us have the d-backs being the worst team in the national league i i did you did i did and kevin always loved the diamond he didn't have them being good this year but kevin was a big diamondbacks fan last year 
but I, I held my ground. I said they are absolutely the worst team in this division. I yeah, I guess maybe you're 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 the one that was right on the money with this. But I, I just I looked at their team and I did not think that after what happened with Arenado and the Rockies, I just did not think that the Rockies were going to be that much better than the Diamondbacks. Uh, I I was. I think I picked Trevor Story to win the NL MVP, so I, I know was, I was higher, higher yeah, on the and, Rockies. And, and we and we got Glaber Torres over there too. Yeah, Kevin. Yeah. Kevin. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I had Otani playing like up. playing like Glaber Torres these days. Yeah, I had Otani runner up at least. Yeah, I, I always get the MVP. You don't wrong. you don't get credit for that. I always get the MVPs wrong. Cy Youngs yeah. I usually can hit one, but yeah. I, well, I thought Marco Gonzalez was going to have a better season than he did. You mentioned Marco Gonzalez, so I might as well bring it up now. I was going to save it as a trivia question. Did you know he was the winning pitcher in game four of the 2014 NLDS when Matt Adams hit the three-run bomb off Clayton Kershaw? Really? I would have never guessed that. I didn't even know he played for the Cardinals. Yeah, he did. He was very young in his career. But yeah, Shelby Miller was the starter. I remember that Dodgers got yeah. to him two runs and then Marco Gonzalez threw a shutout inning out of the pen and Matt Adams happened. Was it Shelby Miller? The, the, the stare, the stare down between him and Van Slyke. That was Joe oh, Kelly. That was, Oh yeah. That was Joe Kelly. Duh. But that was 2013. That was one year before. Oh, okay. Shelby Miller. The reason the Braves have Dan D. Swanson. Also <laughs> a fun fact. That's true. Another Awful Arizona Diamondbacks trade. All right. All right. Well. Uh, final thoughts for me, uh, since I think that's where we're headed. Yeah, Kevin? Yep. 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 All right. Uh, Dodgers pitching matchups this weekend. Tony Gonsolin versus Humberto Castellanos. Must win game. Saturday, Clayton Kershaw versus Zach Gallen. Must win game. Sunday, Julio Urias versus Humberto Mejia. You heard me right. We're facing two Humbertos, <laughs> and we need a sweep this weekend. Period. Period. If you want to win the division – you got to beat the Humberto brothers and Zach Gallon. period. <laughs> Sorry, but you got to do it. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a must sweep. It really is. I mean, th- this is, th- this is a terrible, terrible Diamondbacks team. You cannot let them win one of these games nope. because you, because you know that even though the Rockies are playing well right now and they have a really good offense and their offense is clicking, you just know that some Giants stuff is going to happen in Coors Field. Rock, the, yeah, Rockies have a better second half than the Padres. No, that, that's what I'm saying. They're playing good <laughs> baseball right now. They're like um, four games behind the Padres. It's yeah. crazy. It, it, yeah, un, unacceptable. Um, so my final thoughts are this is what is fun about baseball down the stretch. We've not had one of these uh, involving the Dodgers in quite some time. And uh, it, it, it's, it makes it a lot more fun. I mean, it's a lot more nerve wracking and a lot more up, potentially upsetting, but overall, this is what we watch baseball for. This is what we wait the entire, however many months it is, 162 to get to these types of moments leading up to the playoffs. This is going to be fun. And the, the Dodgers winning this game today was huge, huge in terms of momentum because it shows that they can come back. They can, you know, no deficit is, is too too far for this team, even though they have not shown it consistently, but they do have it within themselves to come back in games. And, and that's all you can really ask for. Mm-hmm. My final thoughts is on the subject of home runs. Max Muncy hit his 35th, thus tying 2018 and 2019. Want to see him break that record, personal record. 
second home run goes out to Luke Rayleigh, who I do not want to see start any more Dodgers games, but I have to give him credit. He blasted a 472 foot home run yesterday off Marquez. That was apparently the longest hit by the Dodgers this season. Yeah. And also up until Max Muncy hit his home run, the only home run that any Dodger had hit in that series. And fun and fun fact, I believe that Luke Rayleigh's mother was in attendance when he hit that home run. Yes. Those are all true points. I'm glad you brought them up. And then the last home run, I got to give it out to talk about that home run. I mean, how do we not talk about that home run? I mean, it's fine right now. I mean, they lost the they lost that game. So I know, but, but he, he tried, he he almost won it. (laughs) (laughs) I know I slandered him. We all did. Who didn't, who did it? Everyone wanted no part of him. Still think he sucks, but well, (laughs) let's hold on. He doesn't suck. He's just, he's struggling. I don't know. Go ahead, Kevin. Go ahead. The last home run. I already gave Gavin Lux's props off Wade Miley. Corey Seager also hit a home run in that game. Wade Miley, I saw a lot of people giving this guy too much credit. Like, oh, he's going to stop the Dodgers. Well, it didn't happen. Dodgers had a great road trip thus far. Three more in Arizona. But they went four and two. I'll take it. Other than the first game that they dropped against the Reds, the last two were great games. Scherzer had another great start, even though it seemed like he didn't really have his stuff. And... That's where I stand. I'm just glad that the Dodgers knocked the Reds out of contention. So thank you guys so much. Make sure to subscribe. Thanks again for Geeter for joining the show. We'll drop his all his stuff in the description below. Great podcast. Love his Lakers content. And give us five stars if you feel like it. it goes a long way. And even if you don't feel like it, just do it. We'd appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> you can Padres. yell at me on Twitter too. I don't care. Padres still suck. Screw the Astros and Giants. You're going down. <laughs> not go- I don't give I'm not giving up. I will not concede the division until that magic number is zero. Go Dodgers. Love it. You'll hear from us soon because we're in the thick of things right now. Who knows what's gonna happen any day? Coin flip. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.